Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Today we're going to be turning to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. That is the second book in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, and we're going to chapter 4, and we're going to look at a fairly well-known passage in a few minutes, a passage about Moses. Uh, many of you have read the story, many of you know the story, but we're going to examine it once again, and we're going to dig into it, and so if you want to get that out and get that ready, uh, we are going to be turning to Exodus chapter 4. Back before I was born in 1987, one of the great things about being a preacher is that whenever you say anything impersonal, it invites all kinds of interesting commentary. So back before I was born in before I was born back in 1987, I wasn't even born in 87. I was born after 87. Um, so I'm even younger than 80. Anyways, um, back in 1987, Pastor Kevin decided that it was his time to stop being a staff pastor and to move to another location and plant. A new church. His goal was to go and get all kinds of invitations out, get people rallied around him, build his team, and he was going to start this new location, and he was going to gather people together, and he went out, and him and his team invited people to their new church, and, and trying to reach just the lost people of that city, and he went out, and he gave all these invitations, and he had hundreds of invitations given out, hundreds of conversations, and he had hundreds of people say that, yes, they were committed to coming to that very first service. Now, he wasn't totally naive. He felt like, okay, yeah, I might have had like 500 people say that they're going to come, but I know I'm not going to get 500. I'm probably only going to get maybe half of the people that actually come. And so he got excited and said, I'm going to rent this theater. We're going to do this service there. And he started. He got all his things prepared. And they went and they did the service. And only about a quarter of the people showed up. And then he thought, okay, well, that's, maybe that's just first service. And so he continued on. You continue doing the work, as, as churches do, is you, gotta, you get the people that you've got, and then you, you encourage them, and you train them, and you equip them, you, you give them authority, and you send them out, and you build the church, and you reach the lost people, and you do whatever you got to do to reach the lost people and build the church. And he, so he tried, and he tried, and he tried, and after four years of doing that, his church was still in the place where he was financially ruined. They were bleeding money. They couldn't pay their bills. He had invested personally into the plant. 
and he was losing his health insurance and they were in this spot where they didn't know if they could even keep going. After four years of investing into that church plant, he decided that it was time for him to give up, that he couldn't keep going anymore, that he didn't have the resources, he didn't have the energy, he didn't have the passion to keep going, to push through. This was obviously a failure. He couldn't accomplish the task he had set himself to do. And so it was time to quit. You may not have tried to plant a church, but there have been times in your lives when God has called you to something and it felt big, it felt huge, it felt hard, but you felt very clearly the call to do it. Maybe you are wrestling with that even right now. Maybe after last week's message, you have felt God stir something inside of you and you have felt called to do it. Now that may be something fairly large, like, I want you to change your job. I want you to go into the ministry full-time. I want you to start a new organization. I want you to take on this responsibility and move across to some other place and become a missionary and reach people in another country with the gospel. Or it could be something maybe small, depending on who you ask. Like, I want you to talk to your friend about your faith. I want you to have a hard conversation with somebody you know and to figure out what is really going on. I want you to start a new job. I want you to begin volunteering at a ministry. I want you to take the chance and actually get up in front of people and speak publicly. I want you to let go of that grudge that you've been holding on to. I want you to confess something to your spouse that you've been hiding from them. You need to confront a family member about some kind of conflict. Or maybe, maybe God has called you to say no to your boss. But you have felt that stirring, that calling in your life. And it's real and it's clear and you've got it. But you get right to that point where you're doing it, you're about to do it, or you've been doing it for a little while, and then you hit this wall that says, nope, I can't do this. Maybe you're still in the stage where you haven't even taken the step to start it and you're just thinking about it and you feel like God is calling you and you, you have a bit of clarity about that and you said, I know, I feel like God is calling me to do this thing, but I can't do it. I am, I am too quiet. I am too soft-spoken. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done anything like this before. I don't have the financial resources. I don't have the financial stability to take a chance like this. I don't know enough about the subject to be able to go out and talk to somebody. What if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? I'm not popular enough. I'm not influential enough. It's going to cost me too much. I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough person to be able to handle this and deal with this and to stand in front of people. It's just too risky. I'm not sure it's going to work. I don't know if I want to put myself through that. What are the consequences going to be? 
and all these roadblocks and all these excuses come into mind. And let's be honest here. When it comes right down to it, when God calls us and we think of all the reasons why we can't do what God calls us to, they are, in fact, excuses. Exodus chapter 4 tells the story of Moses. And Moses, when we, when we actually learn about him in the book of Acts, we find out that Moses had this call on his life. And he was aware of this call on his life from a young age. And he had, he had done some dumb things in Egypt. And then finally he, he ran away and he ran into the wilderness. And I think he was like 80 years old by this point. And God finally comes to him again and says, Moses, I'm calling you to do what I've called you to do so long ago. And this is the moment of the burning bush where Moses is there and he's in the wilderness and he sees a bush that's on fire but it's not burning. And he goes over to it and there's a voice that speaks to him out of the bush and says, Moses, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to go back to Egypt and set your people, the Israelites, free from slavery. And Moses' response is, I can't. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't speak. I don't know who's sending me. I don't know how to deal with these people. I don't know how to lead them. I've never done anything like this before. I don't know how, how to deal with Pharaoh when he objects. I don't know what to do when he, he stands in front of me and says, no, what am I supposed to do? And so God says, well, just do, I, put your hand in, in your coat and see, I can do these miracles. And his hand is diseased and then he puts his hand back in his coat and it's, and it's healed. And he takes a staff and he throws it on the ground and it becomes a serpent. And then he picks it up again and it becomes a staff again. And God shows him these miracles. And finally, after seeing all that God can do, Moses goes, yes, I believe you can do all this stuff. I'm game. Let's go for it. Nope. No. Chapter 4. Verse 11. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? It is, is it not I, the Lord? Now go! I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses replied, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help you both speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand 
so you can perform the signs with it. There's something very important that we need to understand here. Something we see with Moses. Something we see with us. Is that God is not calling you because He thinks you can do it. He is calling you because He knows He can do it through you. God is not calling you because He thinks you can do it on your own. He is calling you because He can, He can do it through you. You notice that even after Moses says, please just send somebody else, and and God is angry with him, He says, fine, we'll do it this other way. You realize that He already sent Aaron to Moses? Aaron was already on his way. God had already seen that. God already knew it was going down that way. God already knew that Moses was going to need Aaron and had already set that up. God had everything already prepared, everything provided. God is not under some delusion thinking, well, maybe you, you've done pretty well, and so I'm going to use you, and then if, if I can give you permission, then you can just go ahead and do it because you are so talented and so worthy, and you have so much resource that you can just go do it, and so that's why he's calling you because you've already got it all figured out. No. God is not calling you to whatever it is he's calling you to do. He is not calling you because he thinks you can do it on your own. He's calling you because he can do it through you. Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin ended up saying he was done with his church plant. And so he went back to his old church, went back to his old boss and said, Hey boss, things just aren't working out. I'm starting this new church, trying to reach this whole new different group of people that nobody else is reaching. I'm, I'm trying and I, we've done four years and I'm in this spot where I'm losing my health insurance and I, I'm losing my, my finances and it's time for me to give up. Can I come back and work for you? And his boss said no. And he was left in this place where he had to sit and he had to pray and figure out what he was supposed to do. And during that prayer time, he realized that he wasn't supposed to plant the church and build it and fill it with people and take over the world. It was not up to him. He realized that if the church was going to grow, if he was going to reach, if anybody was going to be reached, and if that city was to be changed by the power of God, then it would have to happen by the power of God. And 
And so he stayed. Well, that was back in 1991. And Kevin Myers now pastors, if it isn't the largest, then it's one of the largest Wesleyan churches in the world. And it wasn't because God called him and he did it on his own. It's because God wanted to do it and he knew he could do it through Kevin. God is calling you all to do something. And it may be a massive life change. It may be some significant emotional step or relational step. Or it may be something small where it's just you need to start, stop spending your money on a certain thing. Or you need to change what, how, you, how you spend your free time and what hobbies you invest in. Whatever it is, God is calling each and every one of you to, be, to do something that may be big, may be small. Whatever it is, He's calling you. And He is not calling you, expecting you to do it on your own. He is not calling you because he thinks you can do it on your, on your own. He is calling you because he knows he is capable. And he knows that he can do it through you. So what you do with that is you have to put these callings through a process. You have to put your callings through a process. The first step being, make sure that the call that you feel on your life is actually from God. You've got to test the call. And part of that is simply knowing your Bible. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to be reading the Word. You've got to know your Bible and know what it means so that you can compare the calling of God to what the Bible says. Because if you feel like God is calling you to walk up to me and punch me in the face... That may feel really great for some of you. Some of you are like, oh yeah, I resonate with that one. (laughs) The Word of God doesn't support it. And if the Word of God doesn't support it, it's not of God. If God is calling you to abandon your children... Let him. If he's calling you to be greedy and, and, and leave people hungry, that isn't of God. It goes against what the Bible says, it's not of God. So the first step is you've got to test it. And no, not everything is explicitly dealt with in the Bible, but there's a lot of it that is. And so you've got you to compare your calling to the Bible. You've got to pray about it. You've got to ask wise, godly people, the people that show the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, that show the evidence of God being in them and working through them and have Him having control in their lives. And you've got to have conversations with them. Then you've got to give it a little bit of time to see if it actually lasts or if it fades away. Because often with, sometimes we get these great emotional ideas and they come into mind and we get excited about them. But after a few days or a few weeks, they fade away. If it's of God, it lasts. It will last. 
those nagging feelings, those nagging urges, those passions that you can't get rid of. That's God. And finally, the last step of testing is to actually start taking steps and see if God proves that he's in it. So the first thing you've got to do is test it. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to focus on the resources that God has and not on your resources. God is not limited like we are limited. He has all the money he needs. He has all the power he needs. He has all the skill and the knowledge he needs. He's got everything he needs. And he doesn't have just a little bit more than you. He has access to the universe. And he has that access and he has that authority. And it doesn't matter who is king over what country or who, who is judge in what court or who has authority in what area of the world. It doesn't matter who's prime minister or who's president or who is king. He is king over them. And not just is he king over them, like one step over them. He is king of the universe. He is the one that determines the laws of gravity. He is the one that determines the laws of thermodynamics. He is the one that determines where stars go, where planets go, what gets formed and what gets destroyed. That is the God you serve. So do not get stuck on the resources that you see or the resources that you have right in your immediate presence, whether that's your knowledge or your skill or your connections or your natural abilities or your money. Because you are not doing this by your call. This is not you calling yourself to do it, and you're doing it by your abilities. This is God calling you, and if God is calling you, he's going to back you. God hates failing. So he's willing to invest to get the job done. And so we need to focus on God's resources. And you need to make sure that you don't get stuck in the place where you, you make the fatal error of thinking, even partway through, that it's up to you. It is not up to you to succeed. It is not up to you to make it happen. It is not up to you He's calling you, not because he thinks you can do it on your own. He's calling you because he can do it through you. Now, the last thing you've got to do after, after you've tested the call and you're focusing on his resources and not your own, the last thing you've got to do is you've got to start. You've got to take that first step. And maybe it's just a baby step. Maybe it's a giant leap of faith and you just got to dive right into it. But you've got to start. You can't just stand on the threshold and go, all right, I'm here. And just stop there. And expect things to happen around you. When God says you've got to go talk to so-and-so, you've got to go tell your boss that you're leaving and that you're moving over there when he says you've got to talk to your spouse and you've got to bring this hard conversation up, when he says you've got to change how you've been spending your money and you've got to talk to your family about how that's going to affect how you live, or when God says, hey, 
you need to give up all those hobbies and you just got to sell that stuff. Or you've got to rearrange your calendar and you've got to set aside time and energy to volunteer, whatever it is. You've actually got to take the step of obedience. You've got to start that journey. You've got to make the move. And when you start down that move and you sense God's power and resources and authority behind you, it builds momentum. You start to move and you get to move with more energy and more strength and more speed. And it may not always be easy. It won't always be easy. It may not always be fun. It won't always be fun. But when you start down that journey, he will prove himself over and over and over again. But you've got to take the step. We serve a big God. And we sell him short every day. And he is calling you to do, to be something. And he's not calling you because he thinks you can do it on your own. That has never been part of the bargain. It has never been you're good enough. You need to try harder to be good enough. He is calling you because he knows he can do it through you. And if you test the call and you focus on his resources and you start taking the steps of obedience, you will find that it unleashes something inside of you and he's able to transform parts of your heart and your mind and your thoughts like you never imagined. The attitudes that used to be so natural, so harmful, just fade away. You'll find that your, your thoughts that used to wander into this negative place end up naturally wandering into hope. You'll find that you have authority when you speak and open doors, not for just personal gain, but, but for the mission. You'll see a difference happen around you. Lives start to get saved. And you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are here for a reason. That God has brought you to this place to do something through you. But you've got to remember that he's not calling you because he thinks you can do it on your own. He's calling you because he knows he can do it through you. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.